Welcome back. This is episode 5 of Personalities at Carry podcast. Today we are featuring Trang Go. Trang is the first female being featured on this podcast. So let's give her a huge round of applause for being brave. And she's already been very influential in changing the way things are getting done at WP Carry by introducing a consulting concentration. She is the president of the consulting group or the consulting club and we will talk to her get to know her better and i'm sure she has a lot to say so let's get into it okay so today we have with us trang trang's last name is go is that right okay and trang is from vietnam and she has come here joined us uh, at wp carry so let's get to know her a little bit so can you give me a background of where you're from what you've done so far Hey, uh, hi Shivit, thanks for interviewing me. So I'm from Vietnam. Um, I was born in the Central and my family moved south uh, when I was six. I did my undergrad in Singapore in economics. Mm-hmm. And after working several years in upstream oil and gas in the procurement department, I decided that it's time for me to brush up my knowledge and add up more skills so that I can navigate my career in the direction that I want. And the direction that I wanted was to learn as much as I can about supply chain and procurement and bring that knowledge and skills to a specific industry that needs a lot of advanced tools that I haven't been able to implement. So that will maximize my the value that I can bring to an industry. So mm-hmm. that's my vision before the MBA. Okay. And how long were you working before getting the MBA? Uh, seven years. Seven years, wow. Yeah. And what drove you toward WP Carey? Okay, so um, I think it's mostly about the ranking in supply chain management mm-hmm. and the weather. Okay. Well, I, I mean, it's not the summer, but the weather in general, where i from a tropical country and I think, okay, hot weather should suit me better. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so how do you manage uh, your family, given that this is probably the first time you've been away from your family? How do you see that? Actually, I left home when I was 18. Okay. And have only come back to stay with my parents maybe for a year after I left Singapore. So it has been almost 10 years away from the family. Okay. Uh, but of course I have my own family now and dep- um, parting from them is uh, a very big struggle. Um, but my parents have been always very supportive. So mm. I think that's one of the biggest reasons that I was able to attend this MBA. Okay. Yeah. So in the past year since you've joined, have you gone back? Twice. Twice, very good. Okay. So how was your experience during the first year of the MBA? Um, I think I was in awe. Like, I didn't, I, I knew that the U.S. higher education is the most advanced in the world, but I, I couldn't, I mean, that's just a general idea and I didn't have any real experience. I didn't know how, how it actually played out in reality. Mm-hmm. So the quality of the professors, of course, and, um, and because... At undergrad level, you don't engage that much with professor, and from the business side, it's, it's not really... Uh, economics were very theoretical for me, um, so I didn't really see any practical application of the things that I learned in the past. But right now, um, 
through the internship, I can see that whatever I'm learning at school is applied at companies. Nice. So that's like the coolest thing that I, I can realize uh, and reflect on my first year. And a bigger part of that was uh, the engagement with all the student activities and the networking. I had never, I mean, in Singapore, we did have companies coming over, but um, it was such a big cohort, you know, there were like thousands of us maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so the attention that I got wasn't that personal, wasn't that one-on-one compared to what I received at WP Carey in terms of professional networking. And of course, uh, due to the school reputation, we have affiliation with ISM, APEPC, SPMC. And so all these professional environments kind of show me this should be the environment that I should be in. And mm-hmm. this will be the one that enable me to realize my full potential. So that's very important for me psychologically because in my previous job, even though I can do much better, I can use much more advanced tool, but I wasn't able to deploy those tools because okay. the environment wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's something that is it's kind of like give me freedom to be mm. myself and, and to reach my full potential. So it was awesome in conclusion. Okay. <laughs> so you've taken supply chain as your main concentration and yeah. are you doing something else apart from that? Um, so I'm doing business analytics. Mm-hmm. Um, the bigger part of that division was because I, um, for I think the most of my academic life, I focus a lot on dealing with numbers and mathematics. And I always think that, okay, whatever decision that I make, it should be based on numbers. I mean, in business, um, I know that's not true. Um, but increasingly, I think the world is embracing data and knowledge. Uh, we come into industry 4.0 where we use all the data to operate anything um, and given my background in mathematics i feel that yeah business analytics is something that i have to put in onto my resume and collect all the skills i need to be in this field because that aligns more with my personality and my background mm. yeah so it was a very natural choice um, actually before i even consider the mba i consider an msba yeah okay. so it was too expensive <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're not doing the MSB, just the BA concentration? Yeah. Okay. And you're also starting something called the consulting concentration. Can you give us an idea of that? Well, consulting is more of me giving back to the school and not really a career that I aim to go into right now, given that I have a small kid and can't travel. Okay. Uh, maybe locally based consulting company would attract me, but um, right now not the external big companies. Um, so consulting is, um, I was inspired by the faculty director, the full-time MBA faculty director of John Wojnarski's. I think he, at the beginning of the MBA, he delivered um, several speeches and the common theme across all of them was living a life with purpose. Um, so of course, like 10 years ago, I, I never thought, okay, why do I exist? And what do I exist for? Mm-hmm. But as you grow old and you know you reflect a lot on life and sometimes you feel you have to find a meaning for your existence. Of course you exist. I, I, I now exist because of my daughter, for example. But beyond that, there's something professional that I can also think of as well. Um, so having received a full tuition scholarship from the school, showing uh, and seeing how much support the school has been giving to the students, I'm very grateful. And this is the consulting club is actually my way of giving back. It doesn't stop here. Of course, um, okay. after I graduate, I'll think of other ways to do that, but my time here is now concentrating on the consulting club. Um, I think the other thing that you might want to know that I'm doing besides supply chain business analytics is healthcare. Okay. So how did healthcare come into the picture? 
So I mentioned to you that before my MBA, my goal was to like learn the best in class, but bring that to an industry that lacks those things. Um, so healthcare is one, a very bright candidate for that. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's the reason why I uh, I started to take healthcare classes a year mm-hmm. because the faculty has given us more flexibility in pursuing multiple concentration and specialization to customize our own experience. And that has enabled me to take more healthcare classes. And I'm doing the uh, biomedical fusion lab as well. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of synergy between the three of them. Yeah. Okay. So you're doing too many concentrations apparently, and you've probably taken a lot of courses. Mm-hmm. So which one would you say is your favorite course so far? Um, I would say strategy, because okay. before this, I, I was in economics, but there wasn't much strategy in economics, it was policy. And policy means the government think and they impose on the population, right? It's not really a strategy. Well, of course, the Singapore government does have strategy to kind of like bring the nation to the top of the world in terms of economic development. Um, but I didn't have much exposure uh, exposure in that. And policy is more theoretical. It's like inflation, employment, you know, mm. things that is not that creative. It's more of social policy. But when I came into the strategy class, um, Professor Weishin and like his stories always fascinate me about how corporate think and how corporate act and yeah. Okay. And when you were looking for internships, you finally got the Micron role mm-hmm. for this summer. Uh, how did you go about looking for internships and what led you to Micron eventually? Right. So Micron wasn't on my radar. Um, Micron was one of the companies that came to campus that had recruited at ASU before and uh, they know what they want. For me at that time, I was more, I didn't know what I want. It was really early, it was in September. Um, Probably the same thing is going to happen for me, again, like (laughs) September timeline. And I have to make decisions really fast. Um, But I think because Micron is a big company, so whichever role that I end up being um, for the internship, I will still be able to leverage that and broaden my network and learn a lot about supply chain in general and analytics to see where the company stands in that um, digital transformation. They, so what I found out was that they are doing what exactly what I was learning at school. So actually they are very advanced in supply chain and procurement organization and, and uh, strategies. So I would recommend everyone who you know, who want to have an experience of what is a world-class supply chain and procurement organization should look like or should be going towards. Mm-hmm. So they are still in the middle of perfecting themselves, but it's the right direction. Okay. Yeah. So I'm glad that I chose that um, experience because I can see something like in the middle of making, being made. Mm-hmm. So they haven't uh, arrived at their destination yet in terms of you know complexity and uh, advancedness of the tool, but they are going in the right direction. Yeah. Okay. Can you expand a little bit on your particular role during the internship? Right, so my role was with the indirect team in facilities category. Um, so it's basically very similar to what I did before the MBA. Um, I think that that was uh, the reason why they had selected me because they want someone who knew how to do the stuff. Um, but what they expected of me was to use my experience and tell them what I think about what they were doing. So I did exactly that. 
Um, but I think there was a lot of uh, stakeholders in what I was going to change or what I wanted to change. So the process didn't turn out that well as I expected because um, there were differences between oil and gas, what, um, my previous industry, and Micron, which is technology industry. Um, so when I bring my experience in contracting, uh, RFP, supply and management from oil and gas to technology and try to finish for example, negotiating for a construction contract uh, or drafting a template for RFP, I actually can only utilize maybe 20% of what I did in oil and gas. And um, yeah, so that was more of a, I would treat myself as more like a consultant, but in the end, my recommendation was not fully implemented because one thing, construction, the category that I was in charge of wasn't really like, you know, a, a things that Michael would do every day. Um, so I had to balance between perfection and what achieved the work. It's almost like an 80-20 rule. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in the end, even though I wanted to change a lot of things, it didn't work out, but it gave me a very good experience of how to actually deliver what is sufficient and what is expected rather than pursuing my own perfection. Okay. Yeah. So another question about your school experience, mm -hmm. what what are the experiences or particular event that has stood out to you in the last year? So there's so many things that are going on around school, right? Is there something you engaged yourself in, you loved it? Well, um, I think it would have been the case interview training done by uh, Dr. John Rinnesky. Um Because I would say before the MBA, my decision-making process wasn't that robust for my personal life. For work, um, I can learn from people. Um, but then when I came to his case interview classes, that's when I realized, hey, the structured way to make decisions. And, you know, it, it was like an aha moment for me. And from then on, even though I don't pursue a consulting career, I feel that this is a necessary skill that every student has to have. That's why I uh, get involved with the consulting club again this year as the president so that I can kind of disseminate that knowledge and that skill and that, um, how do I say, understanding of the necessity of the skills that all business students should have in terms of critical thinking, structural thinking, um, that we should all pick up, even mm -hmm. though we don't want a consulting career. I mean, the reason why consultants make so much money is because they have those frameworks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So as a student, we all want to learn from each other. Mm -hmm. So is there, are there some decisions that you would think for yourself have been like the best decisions that others should, if they were given that situation, should make as well? And if there are some bad decisions you've made, you can express. Um, I think it's about prioritization. So I, I came from a quantitative background, but I haven't been in school for eight years, seven years. So of course, all the statistics and finance kind of made me feel a bit nervous at first um, but I was able to prioritize and I still got good grade I didn't say that I sacrificed my grade but I don't think I spent as much time studying as other students and in that way I achieved more in terms of networking and club events like contributing back to the school so I feel that my first year was very balanced in terms of schoolwork club activities and networking so now based on those experience and the effort that I spent on three grounds three areas my second year is so colorful mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so I have a network to rely on. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I miss Phoenix so much during my internship because I didn't have access to those network that I built here in Phoenix. Um, so I think because uh, even if we don't want to settle down in the U.S. or whatever that is, or maybe it's because of my age, I'm 31, so quite <laughs> old already. Um, so I want my life to be, you know, um, a complete picture of different aspects. It's not just school, not just grade, but it's not just partying. I didn't party. <laughs> yeah. Um, so prioritizing and making your life really balanced, I think is very important. Yeah. Okay. So my top priority is actually my health. <laughs> yeah. Second priority is school and third priority networking. Yeah. <laughs> so just now I'm trying to get to know you a little better. So mm -hmm. can you tell me about a few of your hobbies outside of school work and mm -hmm. whatnot? Yeah, so um when I did my career survey uh like nine years ago, yeah, before I graduated, before I decided on a career to to follow. So my highest score was from being a musician. Mm -hmm. So I never thought myself of having any gifted talent in music. Um, I learned organ 20 years ago when I was young, or maybe 30 years ago, I don't know, <laughs> 25, 25. <laughs> um, so that was all that I have exposure to, but I have, um, but I love classical music. And um, so I just bought a secondhand piano wow. and then signed up for an online course at ASU. So I'm going to follow that course throughout the whole semester. So that's one of my hobby right now. Um, and then I also like doing crafty things, even though I don't have the talent. <laughs> yeah, so you have to differentiate between hobby and having the talents, right? <laughs> so I don't have the talent, but I like doing like small stuff so much. Decoration, even though I'm not good at coloring. <laughs> yeah, and then like um, painting wooden dolls and those kind of things. Yeah, so very things that require a lot of attention mm -hmm. and focus. Yeah. Do you have any pet peeves? What's that? Uh, it's just something that you don't like about people or... Oh, people. okay. Yeah. Um, I think I inherited this from my mom. So my mom really hates people who make sound when they chew mm. things. So that's kind of something that I'll pay attention. But I wouldn't say anything. I mean, <laughs> I'm flexible enough. Yeah, I've been to Amsterdam when the city was very wild. Mm. Like, you know, <laughs> the red light districts and all the space cake and things that I didn't try any of that, of course, but um, I'm quite, I have quite a high level of tolerance in my personal life. Not professionally, though. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So a few questions, just rapid fire. You're going to just answer without thinking. Okay. Right? Okay. What's your favorite movie? Jurassic Park. Okay. Not the first really. one, the original one? Or? The first one. The okay. First one. That's good. Uh, what's your favorite genre of music and your favorite artist? Uh, you mean... Uh, what type of music? A type of music. Yeah. Classical music. Okay. And what's the, what's the second? Favorite artist? Artist, uh, fan... Uh, is, he, he's not a musician, but he's uh, a painter. Okay. Uh, Claude Monet and Fan Clark. Okay, yeah. so you're into paintings yeah. now. Yeah, nice. yeah. That's for the crafty things. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you read books? Your favorite book, maybe? Can I tell you that I don't read books that much and I bought a lot of books. Okay. <laughs> It doesn't have to be like a novel. Maybe quiet. Because that book has enabled me to kind of see myself, half okay. of myself in that book. Who's written that book? Susan Ken. Okay. Yeah. So for people who listen and they want to go look at that book. Sure. Yeah. So we're coming to the end of the conversation. So what do you want to do after your graduation? What's your goal? I want to take at least a month off and take my daughter somewhere. <laughs>
That's true. But like long term after your vacation, <laughs> which everybody will take hopefully. Yeah. So my um, actually, I don't dream of a big corporate career. Mm-hmm. I want to have like two streams of income. Um, so I just want again a supply chain healthcare career, hopefully, and then I want to open my side business. Uh, and do some investment on my own, so I always have two streams of company uh, of income. Don't have to worry about money. Can do whatever I want. Yeah. Okay. And uh, do you have any companies that you've narrowed down to maybe a top five, and the locations in the US or wherever you want to go? Yeah. So I would love to be located in like California, mm-hmm. but two days ago I added North Carolina to my list. I think I have heard a lot about Raleigh, the city, and North Carolina being the hub for like healthcare as well, biotech as well. And I heard the weather is not too cold. Yeah, so they kind of came into my list and because I heard really a positive experience from one of my classmates, can we mention the name? Sure. Yeah, like Gorov. Okay. Yeah, and of course my, one of my university friends, uh, she studied at UNC and um, she ended up with a health analytics role uh, from UNC. That was in North Carolina, so I have a lot of good impression, positive experience. I mean, like, um, uh, not gossips, but I mean, what, what is that? Like reviews mm-hmm. for North Carolina. That's why okay. I, I put it on my map, yeah, okay. on my and radar. You, and your companies? The if companies is Biogen. Biogen. Yeah. California, there's a lot of biotech companies as well, yeah. Okay. And Amazon, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, and if uh, the first years are listening, do you have any advice for them how to get through the first year? Um, again, back to the prioritization and being really focused. Um, so when at the first at the beginning of my not beginning it was November so November last year when several international students came to campus I mean alumni and I met one of the alumni who I still keep in touch with and uh, one of his comment that shocked me was he didn't go in he didn't attend any parties so at first I was like ah, what. How can you network without going to parties? So later on, I found out that through the book Quiet, um, you don't have to to be where everyone else is. Like accepting yourself. Um, that was a big journey with me that I have failed to mention in this whole conversation. And my executive mentor actually helped me a lot with this journey. I kept asking him, hey, can I accept myself? What do you do when you turn 30? And he, he said, yes, I have to accept myself at that age for being who I am, uh, my strengths and my weaknesses, accept those and then move from there. So that's why, that's the reason why I bought the book and read that and kind of like accepted myself at the same time for my weaknesses and love myself for being myself. I think that's the one advice that I would give to this first year because you would learn, you would hear a lot about career and professional development, but on the personal side, that was one thing that I did to myself and I feel good right now. Okay. Yeah. After doing that. All right. That was some good advice for everyone. Uh, one last question before we move on is uh, once you graduate, what do you want others to remember you by? Like, is there some legacy you want to leave behind? Well, so just now in the kickoff meeting for the consulting club, I kind of make myself into a joke <laughs> telling people that I got into the president position um, because no one else applied. So we know that uh, WBK want to be a consulting school, and I really hope that we will be. Um, I'm doing my best to help in that process, 
So I really want people to remind to remember me of someone who sacrificed her time and effort and you know brain gray matter to contribute to that process. And ten years down the road, when we become a top consulting school, we can look back and say, "Hey, one of the first president didn't have a consulting background." <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're at the end. Just tell everyone where they can get in touch with you, where you're active on social media. Mm-hmm. So things. Um, so uh, social media wise, I would love to get in touch with people via LinkedIn. Uh, that's where I can like point you to the right person and you know help you with your career. Or um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you so much for being one of the first, or actually the first female on the podcast. So. Oh maybe. wow! What's not? <laughs> Thanks so for that. That's memorable. <laughs> I haven't advertised this yet, so oh, once okay. once people sure. start getting it. I'm sure everyone is a model of that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks you right. for the opportunity, and I hope everyone finds something that they can apply to themselves. Yes. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Again, what a great personality to have on the podcast so early. We know she'll be a huge force to reckon with once she moves on from the NBA and joins the corporate life. We wish her all the luck, and we hope she goes on to do. bigger greater things in life thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you soon in the next one